The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Well, it's a joy to be here with us tonight. And we thank God for the rain. Somebody say, I thank God for the rain. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me start from Acts chapter 4. I'm so glad a good number of you responded to be called for us to be coming together Wednesday nights like this. Acts chapter 4, because of time. From verse 12, then they returned to Jerusalem. Oh, sorry, I'm picking up the wrong, um, the wrong verse there. I was reading Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 4. Hallelujah. From verse 23. Acts 4 and verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own companions. Look at your neighbor and say, you are my companion. You are my company. Tell that neighbor, you are my community. And the Bible says they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voices to God with one accord. Can somebody shout one accord? And they said, Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why do the hidden rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. Verse 27, for truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. Somebody say whom he anointed. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Verse 29, now Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders would be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Hallelujah. And verse 31 tells us, when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Can we say that together? And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. I can't hear you. Say it again. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Hallelujah. I can't hear you. Shout a loud hallelujah. Look at your neighbor. Say, don't be threatened by the rain. No, don't be threatened. Because I know some of you may be thinking, ah, how am I going to get home tonight? Tap your neighbor and say, you'll be fine. Don't worry, you'll be fine. Let me tell you, neighbor, by the time you leave here tonight... You'll be flying and you'll be swearing in the anointing. The physical rain will be the, the, the least of your problem. Praise God. Ah, this is very encouraging. You know? 
I think I should take this picture. I can't remember the last time we had midweek service and the chairs were... And some people are even... I need more seats, so please. Some people need more seats. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. I, I read that text, or God impressed upon my heart to, to read that text. Because I think what the apostles did here... It's something that we will need as a local assembly and in this church, for particularly for this season. Really and truly, we will need it for all seasons. And I believe many of us are familiar with the text and what happened there. The apostles had been preaching. They had been preaching in the name of Jesus. And God was confirming the word they were preaching. Miracles were happening. And the Sanhedrin got threatened, the elders and the rulers of the church. So they put them in prison, they flogged them, some of them. And they told them not to preach. They told them not to preach in the name of Jesus again. And the Bible said when the apostles were released, there, those of them that were in prison, they went to their company. And God told me, I announced this in our workers' summit um, last week. That's what this kind of gathering is for. In fact, it's not just our Wednesday evening service. Even our morning prayers, the one we do online. And I want to encourage everyone again, those of you that are not yet joining us um, to pray online, work out what you need to work out. Join that prayer. And if for any reason um, you are not able to make it live, we are now recording the prayer. We are putting it up so you can just be connected in the flow of what is happening. So the same way the apostles were threatened by the rulers of the church, the, the synagogue in those days, and they had to come into their company, into their community to pray together, to present what they were going through um, to God together, and for them to receive empowerment from God the same way you and I need it today. We need a safe place like this. And every time you come for this service, I want to encourage us, please, just come with that expectation that you are coming to meet with God, you are coming to encounter God, you are coming to lift your burdens to God, make prayers to God, whether it's personal or corporate. And most importantly, we are coming together as a body to be empowered afresh by God. Hallelujah. And the text told us there, when they presented the issue that was dealing with them the most, it was a prayer meeting, but the important thing was that they came together. And when they prayed, God did something very unique. In fact, that's the theme of tonight's meeting. That's what I want to talk about. God anointed them afresh. They were filled with the Spirit. God anointed them afresh by His Spirit. And the very thing they told them, don't preach in the name of Jesus again. The Bible said they now became bold again. When they were flogged, when they were imprisoned, when they were threatened, obviously it affected their confidence. Like every time you hit a wall or you face a challenge, your confidence can be affected. But one thing God did, the Bible said God filled them with his spirit again. And they began to speak boldly. Now, 
the theme for tonight, that phrase, I am anointed. Somebody shout out loud, I am anointed. Say it again, I am anointed. It's a declaration. Hallelujah. It's a declaration. And it's a declaration I want to encourage you to always keep in your mouth at all times. It's a declaration you should be able to make every time you are faced with difficulties or with challenges. Can I hear you declare again, I am anointed. Hallelujah. And not only is it a declaration that you should declare when you are faced with challenges, it's something you should actually be declaring every time. It's something God wants you to know. It's something God is always doing his best to remind you. And God is always doing his best to encourage you about. Because in that anointing that God has given you, if you will activate it, if you will function in it, if you will use it, like God intends for you to use it, I want you to know, my brother, my sister, everything is going to be all right. Hallelujah. You will come out victorious. Glory be to God. You will always win. Praise God. Now, notice in this text, they did not ask God to fill them with his spirit. Look at it again. When they came together, they declared a few things. It was a prayer meeting. They came to pray. The Bible said they talked about what had happened. They quoted scriptures. One thing about the apostles and the early church that God helped them here, and it's very, very important, although that's not our focus for tonight, they were conscious of the time and the season they were living in. Interestingly, it was a very difficult time for their nation at that time. They were under um, oppression by the Roman government. The Romans were ruling. In fact, they were the dominant nation all over the earth at that time. And they had come to where the Jews were and they were dominating them and ruling them and oppressing them. And it was a very, very difficult time for the Jewish people, generally speaking. But it was in that particular season that God decided to move and to send the Christ. And again, we always say, when we say Jesus Christ, Please be reminded, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It's really instructive, particularly for what we are teaching tonight. Please understand this very, 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 very well. It is Jesus the anointed. The message God was trying to carry out and get across to his people was that God was going to provide an anointing for his people. And by that anointing, what God meant was his spirit. God was going to put his spirit inside his people. Every one of us that is a child of God. Jesus was going to make that available for us. That was how Jesus was able to do the work God called him to do. And that's how Jesus planned for every one of his, his believers. Every one of his disciples to do whatever it is God was calling you to do. If God calls you to preach, you need to be anointed to preach. If God calls you to be a businessman, you need to be anointed to be that businessman. If you are going to enjoy the benefits of health or 
just joy in your home, peace in your home that God wants you to have. You need to walk in the anointing that God has given you to be able to enjoy that. Everything that God designed for his people to enjoy, it was going to happen through the anointing, particularly under this dispensation. Under the old covenant, the old dispensation, it wasn't everybody that was anointed. Just some special people that carried out special things for God on behalf of the people. And every time God used them to do what he wanted them to do, the anointing would lift upon them. God will anoint a king. And it wasn't every time that that king walked in the anointing. Sometimes it was just seasonal to do specific things. God will anoint the priest and God will anoint the prophet. They were not always anointed under the Old Testament. But from time to time, the spirit of God will come upon them. And the spirit of God will empower and enable them to do what God wanted them to do. And then the spirit will lift again. Now, they were also anointed in the sense that they had that capacity for the Spirit of God to come upon them. But the way they were anointed was a bit different from the way we are anointed today. Today, the Spirit of God doesn't just come upon you to carry out a function. It's a bit deeper. The Spirit resides in us. Hallelujah. I'm going to read that text again tonight because I want us to see that. It resides in us. And that's why it's important for us to always be reminding ourselves and be conscious of this truth that you are anointed. Can I hear you declare again, I'm anointed? And God wants you to know that. So they came to God. They told God, oh, this is what's happening. We understand. We are in that season where the world is going to rise up and reject Christ, but you have sent Christ to die for us and all that. They knew what was going on. And they said, God, look at what's happening. They are trying to shut us down. They don't want us to preach. And their request, <laughs> their request wasn't to be filled with the Spirit. Verse 30 says, let's read from verse 29. Now, Lord, Acts 4, 29 again. He said, behold, there are threats. Please watch this. This is very instructive. And grant to your servants that they should be filled with the Spirit. No. What did they say? Grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching. So they wanted to continue to preach, but their specific request was that God continue to do miracles. They saw the power of the miracles God was doing, and they saw that the miracles God was doing was getting the attention of the people. So as they preached, God did the miracles, and people gave them attention, and that caught their attention. But that's what caught their attention of the Sanhedrin, the people that want them to, wanted them to stop preaching because they saw what was happening. They saw what happened to that man at the beautiful gate that Peter and John pulled by the hand that had been there for 40-something years since he was born. And they were trying to tell the man, ah, what happened, what happened, what happened? He said, no, it's, it's this man. <laughs> and they saw the other, so they wanted them to stop. But the answer God gave them Hallelujah. Please let me look at your neighbor and say, God has an answer for you. Whatever it is you are dealing with, God wants you to know you are anointed. 
The Bible said God filled them with his spirit. Now, it's related to what was happening. Because the Bible told us when God filled them with the spirit, they became emboldened and they needed that. They asked for boldness. And they were bold enough to preach. In fact, they were bolder to preach. And you know what happened. As they continued to preach with that boldness that they got after they were filled again with the Spirit, of course, the miracles continued to happen. But it's instructive to know that what God did was to reassure them that they are anointed. Hallelujah. When you face challenges in your health, God wants to reassure you that you are anointed. You need to be able to look at sickness and say, I'm anointed to walk in healing and health where this issue is concerned. When money runs low or you don't have the finances you need to do a particular project, you need to be able to respond to that thing by declaring, I am anointed. And God wants to reassure you, like he reassured them here, that they were anointed. If you hear what I'm saying, shout aloud, hallelujah. hallelujah. First John, let's establish this a bit further. First John chapter 2. Hallelujah. In fact, if you read the whole um, First John... This was the theme of, it was a, an epistle to reassure people, this is who you are. This is what you have. This is who you are. This is what you have. Let me read from verse 18 because of time. Little children, this is John writing to his children in the gospel. It is the last hour and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. Even now, there are many antichrists that have already come, by which we know that this is the last time. There are many manifestations of... Now, he was talking about the devil, but I love the instruction here. Again, is deliberately using the word, the antichrist, anti-anointed. One of the major things the devil is doing in this season, in these last days, is to convince people and make people think, let's touch on the place of our mindset again, and make people believe or doubt whether they are anointed. It's interesting that he's talking about the oppressions of the devil and he's using this word, the anti-anointing, contrary to the anointing. Negating the anointing, tempting you to doubt the anointing, not wanting you to know that you have the anointing, the Antichrist. It's not by accident. He was referring to the devil. Verse 19, they went out from us, but they were not of us. And he said that spirit was operating among them in the church. But eventually they were able to cast it out. If they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that, they are, they are, that none of them were of us. But you, verse 20, have an anointing from the Holy One. 
And by that anointing, you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know the truth and there is no lie in the truth. Notice one major thing he's doing here, and you can read the whole letter, and particularly this chapter, he was trying to reassure them of who they are. This was what God was doing for the church in Acts chapter 4 when they came to pray. By filling them again with the Spirit, God, you will have the anointing. I'm filling you again with the anointing. I'm giving you all that you need to deal with whatever you need to deal with, and you are going to get what you need by that anointing. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, I am anointed. Glory be to God. Help me tell a neighbor, tell him you are anointed. Glory be to God. You have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Go with me to verse 24. Let's read again. And I want to establish a major premise for what we are focusing on tonight. Listen, this is what God told me. Please hear me. Before we read this text, this is so very important. If you are Esther, Esther as in Esther in the Bible, and you are faced with a life-threatening situation for yourself and the other people that God wants to use you to help, what you need is an assurance that you are anointed by God that you have the spirit of God available in you and that can come upon you. And if you will activate that anointing, all the favor you need to open whatever doors that need to be opened for you, that anointing will produce it. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. If you are Solomon and you need wisdom, to govern the nation that God has now made you king over or to deal with whatever you need to deal with. All the wisdom you need is in the anointing that God has put into you. And if you can understand and believe that I am anointed and activate that anointing, that wisdom will come upon you and you will be able to function with that wisdom in your life. Hallelujah. If you are David... And you need power to fight and to lead an army. That power is available in the anointing that God has put upon you. And if you will realize that your response to whatever is facing you, the Goliath before you is, I am anointed. God has given me the anointing. And you will activate that anointing. That power will be stirred up and you will be able to take down that Goliath before you. Glory be to God. Whatever it is you are faced with, both in your personal life, your professional life, ministry, anything, the anointing of God that is inside of you, once it is activated as it ought, it will deliver into your life whatever you need to produce the results you need to get. Can I hear you shout tonight, I'm anointed. Hallelujah. And when we come together like this, as a church, when we value our gatherings together, and I want to say this again, particularly those of us that have taken up the responsibility to be workers and stewards, disciples of Jesus, 
when we come together with this consciousness and understanding, God will do something for us. God will fill us up with his spirit again. And what God is trying to do is to reassure us. I've put the wisdom inside of you. Hallelujah. I have put the riches inside of you. Glory be to God. The other day I was reading about David. How when he was about to die, all the money that they needed to build the temple. He wanted to build the temple. God said, no, don't do it. Your son will do it. But all the money that, that they needed, David made it available. How did he do it? By the anointing that God had put inside of him. By the anointing. Hallelujah. So he says here, 1 John 2, let's read from verse 24. Therefore, let that abide in you which you have heard from the beginning. The word that was preached to you, the gospel that was preached to you, let it remain with you. The truth that was communicated to you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise. Hallelujah. This is the promise that he has promised us, even eternal life. These things I have written to you. So watch, he's trying to reassure us again of who we are, what we have. These things I've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. Hallelujah. Somebody declare the anointing that I've received from the Father abides in me. Shout it again. I am anointed. Said so that anointing abides in you. You may not feel like you're anointed. It may not look like you're anointed. But I want you to know what God put in you. And please understand here. When he's saying the anointing, please, for the purpose of this teaching, that he's not talking about um, a special impartation that God gave you. That is part of the meaning of the anointing, and that is true. I'm not knocking that down. But what he's saying is that God has put his spirit inside of you. Under the Old Testament, God, the spirit of God will come upon them. But he's now saying that spirit abides in you. And he's always in you. In your weakest hour, the spirit that God has put inside of you still abides in you. In your poorest or your brokest hour, the anointing that God has put inside of you abides inside of you. When you are most disadvantaged, there's pressure on every side. It doesn't look as if anybody remembers you and nobody wants to help you. The anointing that God has put inside of you that can cause you to walk in the greatest expression of favor is still inside of you. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? He said that the anointing you have received abides inside of you. I said you don't need anybody to teach you anything. Verse 27, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you and you do not need that anyone teach you. But that same anointing teaches you concerning all things. And that anointing is true and it's not a lie. It's not a lie that you are anointed, that the spirit of God dwells inside of you. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. What is this saying? Now, again, every time we read this text, 
we are not saying you don't need to come to church or you don't need a preacher or you don't need a pastor. No, that's not his point here. And like I always say, the best way to teach scripture is to use other scriptures. Because we can go to Ephesians chapter 4 and we will see the Bible telling us that God himself gave you teachers and apostles and prophets and evangelists. But what he's telling you is that God has put his spirit inside of you and by yourself, somebody say by myself, you can operate in that anointing or that spirit. By yourself. Oh yes, a pastor can come like I'm doing tonight and share something with you and inspire something in you that will help you to be more conscious of it. An apostle can come, lay hands on you, pray for you, and he will even ginger you some more in that sense. So we're not saying there's no need for ministry gifts in your life. Somebody say, I need ministry gifts in my life. Hallelujah. But God wants you to know you are anointed just as you are. Hallelujah. Glory, glory be to God. And it's by that anointing that you're going to accomplish great things for God this season. Praise God. Hallelujah. Three quick examples. I've talked about this before in church, but I want to close with these three examples. And I want you to take this with us as, as we close tonight. Number one. We read in Luke chapter one. I won't... Um, bother giving us the text. I just want to close with it. About Mary, the mother of Jesus. Luke 1, I believe from verse 45 or thereabouts. Um, projection can help me. I will just give the chapters. When the angel Gabriel came to her and told her that God has chosen you to give birth to the Christ. And she asked him, how, how can it be? How is it going to happen? Again, watch what the angel told her. He said, the spirit of God will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. In other words, God is going to put his spirit upon you. And by the anointing or by the spirit that God is going to put upon you, this thing that is seemingly impossible, that a virgin will give birth to a child, you will be able to do it. All God needs to do, hallelujah, is to anoint you. Praise God. And all you need to do is to walk in the consciousness of what God's spirit is doing in your life. Mary did not have to sleep with a man, which is the natural order of things, to conceive a child. All Mary needed, praise God, was to walk in the anointing that God gave her. Can you shout tonight again, I am anointed. Now, I know you are not looking for, your plan is not to give back to the Christ. Now, it's a very good scripture to believe God for if you are believing God for the fruit of the womb. But for the rest of us that are not believing God, please catch this very carefully. God is telling us tonight that if you will walk, please watch me and hear me, if you will walk in the consciousness of the spirit that God has given you, there's nothing you will not be able to accomplish that God has ordained for you to accomplish. Can I hear a loud amen? 
I am anointed. Somebody declare it again, I'm anointed. You know, this season we announce it's a season of new things. Glory be to God. And one of the best things God will do for you when God wants to usher you into a new season, new things, um, new open doors, is to help you walk in the anointing that he gives you for that season. Let me hear you shout again, I am anointed. Amen. Hallelujah. Mary was supposed to conceive a baby and give birth to a baby without knowing a man. And the angel told her, just one thing. Just one thing, God is going to put his anointing upon you. I love the way she responded. You know, she said, oh, be it unto me, according to your word. Hallelujah. Lift your hands tonight, somebody. Say, Heavenly Father, be it unto me, even according to your word, that the anointing, the spirit you have placed in my life and on my life for such a time as this is more than enough. Somebody declare that more than enough for me to accomplish every victory that I need to accomplish in this season. I am anointed. I am anointed. When you look at something that seems impossible in your life, Listen to me very carefully, child of God. Learn to respond by saying, I am anointed. I may not know how to get this money. I may not know how to open this door. I may not know how to take down this Goliath, but I am anointed. I am anointed. Hallelujah. I am anointed. Number two example I want you to listen to very carefully, be reminded of. Luke chapter 4, Jesus himself had now been born. And for 30 years, the Bible said he just lived among us. He was a carpenter for all intents and purposes, like every other human being. Nothing special. People were not coming to his house for him to pray, for them to be healed, or for him to lay hands on the, um, on, on the sick or to multiply five loaves and two fishes. He must have done some special things in those years because you remember that wedding at Cana of Galilee. Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. So she must have seen some traits, but he hadn't healed all the sick people in the village. He hadn't preached any special sermon. When Luke chapter 4, from chapter 3 actually, he came to the baptism of John. And again, what did God do? The Bible said the heavens opened and what did God do? God put his spirit upon Jesus. The Holy Ghost descended like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven. This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Now, we've studied these scriptures before. That's why I don't want to start reading them because of time. I want us to use like 10 minutes or so to pray tonight. But my point is still, please watch the MO of God here. All God did was to anoint him. And it's the same thing that God did in Acts chapter 4. And that John was trying to tell the, the disciples in 1 John 2 that, look, you have an anointing. You don't need anybody to teach you anything. The anointing from the Holy One abides in you. 
Just walk in the consciousness of it. Bible said when he came up, that anointing, the spirit drove him into the wilderness. The anointing, nobody told Jesus to go and fast for This is what John was saying. There's some, nobody will tell you. Nobody told him to go and fast 40 days and 40 nights. It was that anointing that drove him into the wilderness. For all we know, he had never fasted 40 days and 40 nights before. He, had, he probably didn't think he could fast 40 days and 40 nights. But he went. And the spirit sustained him. And when he came back, the Bible said he returned in the power of the spirit. Praise God. He came back in power of the spirit and... The rest is history. The rest is what? Hallelujah. I say to you again tonight, somebody, this new season, every new door that God has ordained for you to walk in, everything that eye has not seen, ear has not heard that God has ordained for you, as you will walk in the spirit, the anointing that God has put in you, you will be amazed by the manifestations in the name of Jesus. Let me hear somebody shout again tonight. I am anointed. God wants you to know that you are anointed. God wants you to respond with, to situations by declaring I am anointed. God wants you to be assured and convinced. And that's why God does these things. There are many things God could have done to Jesus in the Bible. But what he did was what he put his spirit upon him. The same way he put his spirit upon Mary. Go back to Genesis. That's what God has been doing to everybody. God just anoints them with his spirit. When God sent Samuel to David's house to ordain him as king, all God did to David was what? To anoint him. That's all. The anointing carries the power you need, carries the wisdom you need. Talk to me, somebody. Carries the favor you need carries the riches you need if we activate it our response when we hit walls when we face challenges when it looks as if you are facing the impossible must be I am anointed I am anointed and begin to pray and trust God on how to activate that anointing and somehow someone said you don't need anybody to teach you what does that mean? The anointing itself will tell you what you need to do. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Nobody told Mary how she was going to conceive, how she was going to nurture the pregnancy. The anointing told her. The anointing led her. When it was time to go and live with Elizabeth, the anointing led her. I am anointed. Let me hear somebody declare that boldly. I am anointed. Third example and final example tonight. Again, we are familiar with it. Acts chapter 1. When Jesus was going to leave. After he was resurrected from the dead, he told us, just one instruction. He said, wait in Jerusalem until God puts his spirit upon you. Tarry until you are endued with power from on high. And he told them, when you are endued with the spirit from on high, you will be able to be my witnesses. All you need, can I hear somebody shout, all I need is to be empowered by the spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that's all you are going to do. Listen to me, if you need to go to business school, hallelujah, 
if you need to go to Harvard Business School, the Spirit will empower you and order your steps to go to Harvard Business School. Can I hear a loud amen? But much more than the qualification or the training you will get from Harvard Business School, in order to do what God wants you to do, you will need that spirit. Let me hear you say, I'm anointed. Hallelujah. And the Bible told us they waited. They waited. And Acts chapter 2, the Bible said on that day, the Spirit of God came upon them. Hallelujah. And they were filled with the Spirit. And the world never remained the same. And when they came in the text we read that we started with in Acts chapter 4, and they came to ask God, just like we have come together tonight. And I want us to connect. I don't know what you are dealing with personally. We can talk about things that we are dealing with globally, in the, I mean nationally in this nation, and all the things that are going on in our world that is causing a lot of tension and fear and things like that. But can somebody declare and respond, I am anointed. Listen, it doesn't matter if Naira to dollar exchange rate goes to 2,000 Naira. You know, before we used to say 1,000 Naira was the, that what our eye has not seen, what our ear has not heard, <laughs> what has not entered the hearts of men. <laughs> but I want you to know, child of God, no matter how bad it gets economically, the anointing that God has put inside of us is more than enough to cause us to thrive even in difficult economic situations, I am anointed. All the apostles needed. That's just, or just tarry until you are, you are filled with the Holy Spirit. Tarry until you are filled. Now, I know we are a Pentecostal church. I know we believe in the anointing and we are spirit-filled people. But every now and then, we need to look back and remind ourselves, by the spirit that God has put inside of me, I have all that I need, at least to take your next step. Hallelujah. And that's God's message to us today. Look at your challenges. Look at your failures. Look at your disappointments. And look at your opportunities and declare and let God hear you, I am anointed for this thing. Hallelujah. I am what? Anointed for it. Rise up on your feet tonight. What are the things you need to deal with at home, at work, concerning your finances? Concerning your health, whatever it is. Am I talking to somebody tonight? Declare to that thing, I am anointed. Come on, say it again. I am anointed. I am anointed. The wisdom I need, the favor I need, the power I need, the riches I need, everything I need is, is included. Say it, it's included in the anointing that God has put in my life and God has put upon my life. By the anointing that God has given me, I have all that I need to overcome. Say it again, I have all that I need to win and to thrive in this season in the name of Jesus. Open your mouth and begin to pray fervently. I am anointed. I am anointed. And as we pray tonight, 
like the early church prayed in Acts chapter 4. They came to their own company and they prayed. The Bible said they lifted up their voices to God and they prayed. What did God do? God filled them with the Spirit again. God assured them one more time. By my spirit on your inside, you have more than enough to deal with every challenge that is before you. Open your mouth and pray and declare, I am anointed. I am anointed. You need an open door. You need favor to operate for you. You are anointed. You are anointed. In the name of Jesus, as we are praying, please can I have some pastors come to the communion table and help us pass across the communion elements. Pass, just give everybody one each quickly. Everyone be praying. Hold on to the communion when it comes to you. You are anointed. You are anointed. Somebody, you need financial provision. You need financial breakthrough. I've come with good news for you tonight. The answer is here. The truth is the answer has always been with you. It has always been in you. And as you pray fervently tonight, that answer will come upon you, to come upon your mind. It will come upon your spirit, man, because you are anointed. You are anointed to walk in that dimension of riches that you need. You are anointed. Somebody else needs expressions of God's divine power. God's divine power. Spiritually speaking, concerning your Else, you need a breakout of God's power. I've come to remind you. I've come to encourage you. I've come to remind you again tonight. You are anointed. That power is inside of you. Begin to declare it as you pray. I am anointed. I am anointed with power. I am anointed with favor. I'm anointed with wisdom. I'm anointed with riches. I'm anointed with with everything I need, everything I need, I am anointed. Oh, in the name of Jesus. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at King's Word Auditorium, Etel Avenue behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.